First Timothy 4 verse 7, uh, our sermon series is what is the point and the sermon title today is what is the point of prayer. We're going to speak about prayer and I think it is very important that you capture some of this today um, mentally and spiritually so that as this week progresses you can apply some of these truths and principles to your time of prayer and fasting. also want to remind you that we pray on Wednesdays from 12 to 2 on our Zoom platform and cell groups pray for 30 minutes whenever they meet. And so you can connect to a cell group and pray uh, on Thursdays, some meet on Mondays. A cell group is a small group of people that meet. And listen, busyness is an excuse. Let me tell you that. Activity is just an excuse because people always find time to do the things they really want to do. I don't, I, don't, I don't care how or who you think you are, if you are the prime minister, if you are the governor general, if you are the queen of England, you, people find time for what they really want to do. And if you really want to pray to God, you will find time. If you really want to be a part of cell, you are not busy. You just don't care. And that's the truth. You really don't care, you don't think it is important. Because if it is important, you'll do it. And that's the truth. You're going to get offended, but hey amen, I'm here to give you the truth. You always do what is important to you. Let me tell you this. If my son, if they call me at my son's school and say there's an emergency, no matter where I'm at, I have a show that goes on in the day and I'm going to shut it down and I'm going to go to the school. Because my son is more important to me than what I'm doing. If you, listen, when you love God, you find time to do the things of God. And if you can't find time, you just don't love him enough. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and these things. We have to get things right at the start of the year. Hallelujah. Amen. So if you have uh, your Bibles, 1 Timothy 4 verse 7, I'm going to ask you to stand for the reading of God's word. We stand for the reading of God's word. We honor him um, and we honor his word. Hallelujah. If you have a child, that's all right. We know you may not be able to stand with the child, but if you don't have a child and you have legs, and you're in the sanctuary, we're going to ask you to stand and just lift your Bibles up in the air and lift them like you really, really care. Hallelujah. There you go. Amen. And declare with me that this is God's word, not Pastor Omar's word. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are opened. And I better not go to sleep. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, First Timothy chapter 4. Verse 7, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly. In the New American, um, New American Standard Version, it says, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. Heavenly Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that you'll open our eyes to see your truth. Open our ears to hear your voice. Open our minds to understand your word. And our hearts to receive everything you have in store for us. Lord, we want to be more than mere hearers of your word. 
but do us also. Spirit of living God, may your strong Holy Spirit settle in our hearts this morning, causing confirmation and conviction. Bring change and challenge us to a higher level of spiritual maturity and growth, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you so much. You may be seated. Um, a great man of prayer had three rules that he applied to his life. Uh, this, this is not in your notes. But rule number one he said is not to speak to any man before speaking to Jesus. His second rule was not to do anything with his hand until he had been on his knees. And his third rule was not to read the newspapers until he had read the Bible. And he operated his life by these three rules. Not to speak to any man before speaking to Jesus. Not to do anything with his hands until he had been on his knees. And not to read the papers until he had read his Bible. You see, I don't believe that all of us need to adopt these rules in our devotion to God. Because maybe if we did, many would become rigid and legalistic in our approach to the Father. And none of us should want that. We don't want to be legalistic and rigid in our spirituality and our relationship with God. But there's a time in our life when we must be regimental and have spiritual discipline so that order can be restored to our spiritual lives. Amen? So I do believe that most of us could use some, of, some help when it comes to our prayer life. I mean, do you remember the Matthew story when they asked Jesus, and we're going to get to that, Lord, teach us how to pray. But most disciples were with Jesus every day, and still yet they felt like we don't have this thing all together. Uh, let me ask you, how many of you pray every day? Everybody go and put their hand up, right? Come on, be honest. You pray every day, right? All right, let me, let's, let's be real. How many persons pray every day? It must be more than two of you. Thank you. Don't, listen, don't be. All right. By a show of hand, how many persons pray every day? All right. How many persons pray some days? How many persons pray no day? There you go. So, so at least some of us are praying. And the idea is, most people, Christians, struggle with a consistent prayer time and prayer life. We don't do it often enough and we don't do it consistently enough. And so our, our, our key verse is discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. So when it comes to prayer, many of us could use a more disciplined lifestyle. One of the greatest requests that the disciples asked of Jesus was Luke chapter 11 verse 1. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. In other words, they didn't want to know just the how they wanted to pray. Some people want to know the art of praying and they don't have the heart of praying. God don't want you to only know the art. He wants you to have the heart. In other words, don't just, don't just get the know-how, but actually do it. So I'm not here to teach you the art of prayer. I'm here to help you get a heart for prayer. That at the end of the day that we will pray about everything and we will pray without ceasing. Amen? So I want you to find in your Bibles Matthew chapter 6 verse 5. We're going to read 
And this is one of the best known passages on prayer. Matthew 6 from verse 5 to 13. When you get there, just say amen. Alright, we're waiting a couple more of you. Matthew 6 verse 5. Everybody's here now. It starts out like this in, in my translation. And very important. I want you to look how many times the word when is used. It says, and when you pray. In other words, the, 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 the word used here is suggesting that we are going to pray. It's not saying if you pray. It is saying when you pray. And it is a teaching that is, in principle, is transferable to every disciple of Christ. Not just to those he was speaking to, but it applies to us today. When you pray, it says, you shall not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogue and on the street corners so that they may be seen by men. Truly I say to you, they have their reward in full. Look at this again. But you, when you pray, go into your inner room. Close your door and pray to the Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Then he says again, And when you are praying, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do. For they, for they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. So do not be like them. In other words, length in prayer is not strength in prayer. You don't have to be long. You just need to be strong. And sometimes being strong is God protect me. Amen. You don't have to be long. You just need to be strong. Amen. Right. Goes on and says this. So do not be like them. For your father knows what you need before you ask. Pray then in this way. I want you to remember that. It says pray then in this way. It's not telling you what to pray. It's telling you what? The way to pray. The scripture did not say, say the Lord's prayer is the prayer to pray. It says the Lord's prayer is teaching you the way to pray. Do you get that? Because remember the original question is about teaching them how to pray. So when you pray, here is a way. The format, the structure that you're supposed to apply to your prior time. What is it? Our Father, who is in heaven. That is not what you pray. It is the way you pray. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation but deliver us from evil for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Uh, it's not a bad thing to pray that prior but your prior life should not be that prior. So we, we're going to talk about having a heart of prayer. Know that from the scriptures, we have seen the art of prayer. See, God wants you to have a personal relationship with him. 
And a major element of that relationship is your prayer life and your prayer time. Yet for many people, their prayer life is non-fulfilling. It's dull and it is boring. They use the same scriptures, they pray the same way from as long as they know them. That's how they pray. They pray the same scriptures. I don't know why people believe that they have to close their eyes. If you don't know what to pray, look at your Bible. Look at the scripture. You don't have to close your eye to be holy, you know. If you have to close your eyes to be holy, you're only holy when you're sleeping. Do you realize? Come on, let's be real. Closing your eyes is not about holiness. It's about not looking around and being distracted. You close your eyes so that you don't be distracted. Now you don't know what to pray. Open your eyes, find scriptures, and pray them. Amen? It's better you open your eyes and pray good enough. Don't close your eyes and pray be a nonsense. And pray things that are not in God's word. But we're not going to get here this morning. Alright, so we're going to take this way to pray. And I'm, all I'm doing is the ways there, I'm just helping to simplify it. And I tell people the purpose of God's word is Jesus took the simple, the complex things of the Old Testament. And he simplified them in the New Testament. And then we have people now preaching the word of God where they take the things that Jesus simplify and they try to complicate them. So here's my job as your pastor. is to make things easy like ABC. I'm not trying to be deep. I'm trying to be simple. Because Jesus said, obviously you guys weren't getting the Old Testament. Let me break it down for you in parables. The purpose of church and teaching is to take the complex things and simplify them. So when you preach, kids are supposed to understand you. And if the kids in the church can't understand what you're saying, you're in problems. If you want to get into the kingdom of heaven, the scripture says it must be like a... Amen. So here we go. Let me give you... Three attitudes. Because you have to have the right attitude in prayer. I'm going to give you three attitudes. These are right there um, in the notes. Approaching prayer with the right attitude. There are three attitudes that you need to approach prayer in. This will help your prayer life. The first one is that you have to be real. You have to be real. Verse 5 says this. When you pray, you're not to be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues. And on in the street corners so that they might be seen by men. Truly I say to you, they have their reward in heaven. Be real. Don't try to impress others as the Pharisees were trying to do. Don't, 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 don't go around praying and praying loud so people can hear you. Don't, don't change your voice. Be real. Be who you are. Don't, 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 I, I, I don't like it. Me personally, you may not. You understand me? Don't be talking to me like this and then when you go and pray. Oh, hallelujah. Blessed, almighty God, hallelujah. I lift up the name of Jesus. Don't do that. Be real. You can imagine. Like, like, you know, because it's a conversation with the one that you're in love with, Jesus. You can imagine. My wife says she wants to talk to me. And every time she comes to talk to me. Say hi there. How are you doing today? Let's have a conversation. Is my posture good enough for you, baby? You don't do that. 
it is very respectful, but very casual, like, like a friendship. It's somebody you know. That's how we ought to approach God. If God were like man, he would say, I know your face, but I'm not sure of the voice. Are you the right person? Don't be like the hypocrites. Don't try to impress others as the Pharisees were trying to do. You see, the Pharisees were people who, who would stand on the street corners and raise their hands and their faces to the sky and carry on this very public way, trying to impress others. Don't try to impress other people. In fact, don't try to impress God. Don't pray what you think God wants to hear. Just be real with God. Why? Because he already knows your heart and your thoughts and you're not fooling him. Just speak to him with what's on your heart. Don't be a hypocrite. Just talk to God. Have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about your troubles. He will hear your earnest cry. Just talk to Jesus. Jesus on the telephone. Our songs in Sunday school teach us these things. Tell him what you need. Some want silver, some want gold. But I want Jesus in my soul. It's very simple. Just talk to him. Say you have to be real. You all have to be relaxed. Verse 6 says, But you when you pray, go into your inner room. Close your door and pray to your father in secret. And your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. You have to be relaxed. This is where you try to make sure your prior time is a relaxed time. It's not when you're cooking and you're thinking about your rice. You're not, you're not thinking about it, the chicken. You're not, you didn't leave the iron plugged in. No, you're, you're relaxed. You're not doing anything else. You're just focused and talking to the Lord. You're not watching television vision is having a conversation I can't be having an important conversation with my kids or with my wife and be watching sports and television I have to turn off the TV I have to set the atmosphere and we must be relaxed because when you begin to be tense in the conversation people say something not right so you have to be relaxed hey I want to also help you it's okay to smile when you're talking to Jesus you don't have to look so serious all the time and make up your face. And be vexed. God. Listen. Relax. Hey, listen. The devil ain't afraid of ugly. The devil is afraid of God. The devil ain't afraid of loud. He's afraid of the Holy Spirit's power. Amen. Listen. Making up your face don't scare the devil. It is declaring the word of God that drives him into fear. It's okay to smile. There are times when you're in warfare prior to your mace. I'm not knocking that. But there are times you can't be God, you're great. And you look like you're vexed. God, you're awesome. God, I thank you. You can't be in your prayer time thanking God and you look like lime juice has been squeezed on your face. Are your face itching or something? Come on. If you're thanking God for all his goodness, at least look thankful. Let your face match your words. Be relaxed. Just easy. 
So you need to go someplace where you can be alone, where you can be quiet and take those deep breaths and remove distractions and concentrate. You see, the two main excuses most people give for not praying are that they don't have time and they don't have a place to go. So find a quiet place and get relaxed. So part, you must have a time and a place that you go to pray. The third is you must be revealing. Verse 8, verse 7 and 8 says, And when you are praying, do not use meaningless repetitions as the Gentiles do. For they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. So do not, so do not be like them. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. Alright, be revealing. You have heard me say this before. The revealing of your feelings is the beginning of your healing. When you're talking to Jesus, reveal your feeling and receive your healing. Alright? Not only that, but don't try to prime up, pump up, or pep up Jesus. Don't try to sweet talk him. Don't try to beat around the bushes. Don't do that. Just be real and ask him and that's it. You don't have to belong. Let me give you an example. If you're a parent, you know this. You have a problem when your child keeps coming to you and asking you the same thing over and over and over. Listen, it is annoying. Here's what happens. So my sons like to do this to me. So they do it in, in tandem. So it's like they're, they're checking. Daddy, can you watch some TV? No. And the other one come. Daddy, is it TV time? No. The other one come. Um, Daddy, did you say we can watch TV? No. <laughs> and they keep doing it. And here's what happens. You, you, you get to up and say, listen, stop asking me. When it's time for TV, I let you watch it. Simple. In other words, you don't have to keep, Daddy, can I watch TV? Daddy, can I watch TV? Daddy, can I watch TV? It is annoying. And sometimes we go to God instead of just saying, God, and we just pray and say, Lord, can I watch TV and leave? You know, we keep doing, God, you know that boy, this new black and white TV in the house is so nice. Hallelujah. Lord, I'm telling you, you're the sweetest thing since sliced bread. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus, you know, I love you. you know. said, Jesus, let me tell you about church today. Yeah. Where I say no, Jesus? Um, we can't watch a little bit of TV. No, no, you don't need to do that with God. He knows your heart. Just be revealing. Lord, I had nothing to eat all day. And I am hungry. Can you provide some food? In Jesus' name, amen. You don't have to bind up the devil. You don't have to cast out demons. Lord, I am hungry. I like how Jesus did it, right? Your private prayer time must always be longer than your public prayer time. How do I know that? You are going to give you an assignment. Check how long Jesus prayed in public. Lazarus, come forth. Rise up, 
and walk. Next person. Your sins are forgiven you. But the scripture will tell you. Do you know that Jesus was praying so long in private that the people who were with him fell asleep? Three times. That is private prayer life. But when he prayed in public, it happened so quick. They said, whoa, how did you do that? And they figured out that it was his private prayer time that added power to his public prayer time so he didn't have to pray there long. All he had to do in public is declare what he has found out in private. And that is why when we come to prayer meeting as a church, everyone is supposed to pray. If it's an hour and you come and you're a child of God, you're supposed to open your mouth and pray. You don't have to be long. You know why people don't pray in church? Because they can't pray long like you. So they feel like, boy... I might mean, I know I know come. My prayer not really match up to them. Long prayer. They hear all of the people are saying, Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. They are not the devil, them buying up. I don't even know them, the devil, they yet. <laughs> so, how am I going to pray? It's not like that. People, the church ought to get all of us praying. There are persons who have a passion for prayer and a deeper love for prayer, just as evangelism. But all of us ought to be praying when we come to pray. Every single person can pray. It's simple. Amen? So when we have prayer meeting, you can pray for four minutes. You can pray for two minutes. You can pray for a minute. But all of us ought to pray. So when you talk to the Lord, talk. Talk to Him like He's your friend. Because He is. Talk to Him like He's your father. Because He is. Talk to Him like He's your counselor. Because He is. Talk to Him like He is your savior. Because He is. That's what prayer is with the Lord. It is conversation between two people who love each other. So we want, we talk to him because we have a love relationship with him. So when you come to God, be revealing. revealing. Tell him what's really on your heart. Just talk to him. Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Not what you should pray. So he's given us an example of things we should use in prayer. And so there are five aspects in the Lord's prayer. And we're going to use these five aspects to infuse our prayer time this week with greater Holy Spirit power. We're going to take the way to pray. We're going to apply it in what we pray for this week and onward. So aspect number one. You come to God with praise. That's the first thing that we see from our text. You come to God with praise. Begin your prayer time by expressing your love for God. Tell him how great he is. If you look at the first phrase of the Lord's prayer, it says, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. That's praise. So when we come to pray, we want to begin by praising God. By expressing our love to God. Lord, you are great and mighty. You are the beginning and you are the end. We exalt you. We magnify you, King of kings and Lord of lords. We, we praise him. Come into his presence with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. We enter our prior time by praising God. So you start by saying, Lord, I want to focus 
on you above everything and everyone else. You are mighty. You are magnificent. You are all powerful. Your name is above every other name. You begin to do that. You are the alpha. You are the omega. You are the beginning. You are the end. Because if we come to prayer focusing on ourselves and on our needs first, we will leave prayer depressed and frustrated. So when you come, you have to seek first. Your declarations at the beginning of your prayer time is really declaring who you're seeking and what you're seeking. If you begin your prayer time by saying, God, give me, you're really not seeking relationship. You're seeking what the relationship can afford you. How I know that works? Listen, when you approach someone and you, you don't approach them by, can you give me so and so? You try to get to know them. And out of the relationship, right? Seek ye first, he's saying. Seek a relationship first. And when you get the relationship, all things will be added unto you. It's called friendship with benefits. That's what it is. You have a friendship with God and it comes with benefits. I'm not coming to get the benefits without the friendship. So when you come, you seek God first. You begin by praising Him. Lifting up His name. That's how you start your prayer time. Because when you come to Him with the attitude of your focus on Him, what you can see of Him, what you can learn of Him, what it is that He can show you, then you will have the right perspective. So you're saying, well, how do I start my prayer time with praise? There are two kinds of praise. Adoration is the first one. Adoration is praising God for who he is. It is proclaiming his character. God, you are holy. You are mighty. You are strong. You are great. You are king. You are Lord. You are savior. It is proclaiming his character. It is who he is. So praise him for who he is. The second part is praising him. It's thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is praising God for what he has done. So you, you, you begin to tell him how good he is. You're great, you're mighty, you're strong. Then you begin to thank him, Lord. I thank you for all that you have done in my life. Thank you for keeping me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for forgiving me. I thank you for my family. I thank you for my friends. I thank you. You begin to thank him. God, I thank you for the job that I have. I thank you, Lord God, for your provision. I thank you for your protection. You begin to thank him for all that he has done in your life. We need both of these when we come before the Lord. Thanking him for who he is. And thanking him for what he has done. Psalm 100 verse 4 says. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. And into his courts with. And be thankful unto him. And bless his name. When you come to your prayer time. This is the first approach. Enter with thanksgiving and praise. It's how the Lord prayer start. Our father. Who art in heaven. Hallowed be your name. The second aspect is to recognize your position. When I come before God, I, I need to acknowledge whose will I want done. So let me ask you. When you pray, whose will you ought to pray? 
Let's say it again. God's will. Alright? Here's why. Because man's will is limited. I said it this morning. Do you know when you're praying for a raise, you're limited? Because you don't know that if you get a raise, somebody's going to get unemployed. And that person who gets unemployed, child will not be able to finish school. That marriage is going to be messed up. So you get a raise at the expense of a family being destroyed. Do you know when you pray for a job, somebody probably get fired? Limited. We have limited knowledge, so we can't see the whole picture. So the best thing to pray is God's will. Because God will set everything in motion, so you can get the raise. So you can get the job, but no one else get affected. So he will do it at a time and a season and at a place that is best for all of his children. Not just for you, not just for me. Because when we pray, we really pray for our will to be done. What we want in our lives, not what God wants for our lives. Have you ever prayed for God to change somebody? And really and truly, God just had the person around you to change you. That's it, huh? Sometimes God puts some people around you and say, God, what them can't change? No, God not trying to change them. God put them right there to change you. And if you pray for them to come out of your life, somebody like them going to come there. Because God is working on you. We don't know the whole picture. We don't see the whole thing. Right? So I am coming before God. Am I coming before God with a wish list? Or am I coming before God to serve him? Let me break that down for you. Very simple. When you come to pray, do you come asking God to work for you? Or you come and say, God, here I am. To work for you. Do you want to put God to work? Or do you come for God to put you to work? I got to tell you what. He said it is done. His work is done. So when you come to prayer, God, what is it that you want me to do? Prayer is not to tell God what to do for us. Prayer is to find out from God what we can do for him. Can you imagine my son come to me at 10 years old and say, Daddy, all right, you want to get up in the morning, you need to go and feed the dog. And when you finish doing that, you need to sweep up the yard. When you do that, you need to make sure that you come and drop me off at school in time. All right, when you get to home, you see the socks and stuff that I have in my room, I want you to go and wash them. Make sure you spread up my bed as well. All right, and just set up my lunch and my dinner so when I come home, I can eat it, all right? And we need to get up by the school by three because, listen, I don't want to be there a minute after three, so make sure you're there on time to bring me back home. And, and that sounds like, well, that's a reasonable request from my son. What is so hard in that? It's not for him to tell me what to do. In his life, I am God and he's not. We understand. That's how we approach God sometimes. It's like a child giving order to the parents. Like God, come, come take this man. 
God come take this woman. God is this man at the workplace. So God just come move him out of the company. Be a crosses. That's how we pray sometimes. God, God, why you can't just take this pump attendant from this gas station so we can drive? Come over here to peace, God. God, why, why, why you can't get rid of the taxi money, Father God? Do you know that if the taxi men are gone, you still have a car and many people can't go about their business? Prayer is not to put God to work. It's to put ourselves in the hand of God. So that he can put us to work. The, the, the verse says in verse 10, Your kingdom come, your will be done. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is an acknowledgement that God is God and I am not. So this part of prayer is when you acknowledge that God is God and you are not. At this time in prayer, I want to pray for God's will to be done in my family and in my church and among my friends and my city and in my world. This is where I tell the Lord, just do whatever you need to do in my life. I am acknowledging that God is God and I am will to allow him, I will allow him to have control of my life. Is what Paul says in Romans 12 verse 1. He says, therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. In other words, when you come to prayer, it is to present yourself to God. It's not to ask God to sacrifice himself for you. He did that already. It is for us to come and say, God, here I am. At your disposal. Use me for your glory. God use me to establish your kingdom on earth. As it is in heaven. Use me Lord. To let your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. That's what it's supposed to be about. We are to acknowledge who God is. Not just in our prayers. But also in our lives. Amen. That's what it's about church. Number three, number three, number three. The next aspect of prayer is to ask God for his provision. This is where I ask God to provide for my daily needs. What needs do I ask him for? All of them. Because there's nothing too great for God's power to take care of. And there's nothing too insignificant for his concern. So all my needs, I'm to pray about. Everything. I'm, I'm not begging God. I'm not forcing God. I'm asking. I'm asking. Because scripture says in Philippians 4 verse 19. My God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. So I'm asking God, Lord, provide. Because watch this. I've acknowledged your will be done. Your kingdom come. Lord, provide. Leave it at that. Don't try to force the hand of God. So let me help you. I want you to look at the scripture. This is Romans 8 verse 32. It says, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? I want you to hear this. 
I want to understand the scripture. This scripture is basically saying that God gave his son. If he willingly offered up his son, why wouldn't he want to give you a job? Why wouldn't he want to give you food to eat? Why would God who gave up, listen, listen to it, it says, who deliver, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? I, I really think this is where you be a child and understand that God is your father. Here's what my kids know. As annoying as their constant request is, they know that as a good father, if they are to get it, they are to get it. And they are going to get it. My kids don't ask me for dinner. Thinking that they are not going to get it. They ask knowing that dinner time has passed. Where is the dinner? They are not asking because they are wondering where the food is coming from. They know that I always provide. I am nowhere like God. Don't you think God knows where your next meal is coming from? So if time has passed, all you have to say is God, dinner time is gone. Because if I as an early parent can do that for my son, how much more the heavenly father who gave up his son for you, will he not give you all things freely? Giving you money is not an issue. Giving you food and healing is not an issue. He gave up his son. He gave up his son. Saving us was the hardest thing that God ever did. There was nothing harder that he could do than to save you. Don't you think now that he, he wants to take care of you? Wishing and hoping for something is not the same as actually asking God for something. So when you, you have a need, ask God for it. Who are you supposed to ask for it? Ask who? Ask who? Come on, you have to say it. Ask who? Listen, I'm going to teach you a principle. If my son goes and asks you for something and brings it home, it's problems. Because as his father, I have a responsibility. And if he's going to ask somebody else, he needs to ask me. He needs my permission. Listen, there are two fathers. The father of lie and the father of all righteousness. Here's what happened to some of us. We look at the children of the fathers of lie. And we see them with stuff and say, how for them father give them that? And our father don't give we. Maybe we need to go and ask their father because my father delay. You see when my son bring home things that they ask other people for without my permission... Oh, come on, come on, hallelujah, like that. Say it again, you tell him to do what? I'm telling you, you see what God does sometimes? You know what God says? Bring you back. (laughs) Yeah, Not, not in my house. In fact, here's what. I have problems with parents who give my kids things that don't speak to me. 
That's why scripture is saying that you need to ask God. Before you ask people, who you need to ask? Because he supplies all our needs. So you have to ask him. The problem is that we are asking all kind of people before we ask our father. And our father said, no, 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 no. That's not how it works. You're not coming to my house with that. Where you get it from? You know what is the worst thing? Let me, let me give you the worst thing. When you tell the child that, listen, you cannot get that now. So I tell my son, listen, you're not getting no PS5. That's, that's like almost car money. <laughs> Can you imagine Christmas? Hey, daddy. I got a PS5 from Uncle David. Problem. Listen. Brother David, I can afford to give my son the PS5. It's just not the time. I know my son more than you. You see my son from the outside in. I see my son from the inside out. And my son get this PS5 education gone from grade 1 to 5. <laughs> So here's the thing. I have a PS5 in plans. But at this age, it's not PS5 time. You can't give him it now. Do you understand? So what that means is that sometimes when God says no, it's still an answer. When he says later, it's still an answer. When he says wait, it's still an answer. Don't go asking other people for what God tell you to wait on. Amen. I need to to move forward. Don't sit back either and worry about it. Just ask God for it. The time you're taking to worry, pray. The scripture says in Philippians 4 verse 6, this is the good news Bible says, don't worry about anything. But in all your prayers, ask God for what you need. You see how much time creeps are telling you, who are you supposed to ask for what you need? Have a little talk with Jesus, church. Always asking him with a thankful heart. Have a thankful heart. And he said, um, listen, I love when my son said, like, like, daddy, thank you so much. I love this. It makes you want to get them more. It's hard to give to ungrateful people. And some of you, you get the last thing you get from God, you have not even thanked him yet and you ask for something else. You have to ask with a thankful heart. But some of us have become so ungrateful. We haven't, listen, as soon as we get this thing, we put in an next request. You didn't even do a thank you card. Have you ever done that yet? And say, oh my God, you can imagine the person, them, them don't even call and say thank you. And them ask me, me have more breadfruit pantry. They're not going to realize that I climb the breadfruit tree and I almost drop out and thing, you know. You understand me? Me roast all the breadfruit and thing, make all kind of smoke gone up in my nostrils. And you understand me? Me, me peel the breadfruit and knife I'll cut my finger. And before them come say, thank you for, for, for the one breadfruit. Them I call ask me if we can give them six more. 
What kind of thing? Stop to give thanks. And your thankful heart opens the door for you to receive more. Number four, number four. Right, because we need to we need to wrap up. Ask God for pardon. Very easy. So we have pardon, we have provision, we have praise, we have position. Very easy to remember. Right, it says, ask God to forgive my sins. I, I ask God to forgive my sins. This part of, of the prayer says, forgive us our debts. And so there are four steps to forgiveness. First, you have to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal every sin. Search me, O God, and know my heart. I pray, see if there be any wicked, evil way in me. All right? And that is one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit. And he's good at it. So when I come to him with an honest, uh, honest heart, he will reveal places where there's, where there's sin in my life. The truth is, if left up to us, we're going to ignore some of the things. God needs to show us. So the second thing, once God reveals it, you need to confess each sin. Don't pile your sins up in a big bundle. If you ask him to show you, and he tells you about something, pray about that specific thing, and ask for forgiveness for specific things. When you have done that now, you can bundle up what you don't know about, and you can't remember and never come up. Right? Sometimes we, we like to get away with confession of sin by just saying, forgive me. All my sins. No. Listen. It, God forgive me for cussing out somebody today. Forgive me for being disrespectful. For being late. Forgive me for being lazy. When he brings up those things. And then there are things you won't remember. And then after you have done that. You say Lord forgive me for everything. But when it comes on to the specific things that you know. You have to be specific in your prayers about them. Then also. You make restitution to others when necessary. It means that when you ask for forgiveness, you have to make restitution. So say you, uh, give you a good example. Um, that's Joshua right there. And I say to Tamai, Tamai, me said, Joshua can't sleep in a church. You say, Tamai. Me know him still. So every Sunday come here. He just asleep, sleep, sleep. Him declare, say, Pastor just said, and I will not fall asleep in Jesus' name. And as soon as Pastor that you hear, you know, you know. All right, so say, say I say that to her, right? And then I find out that Joshua wasn't sleeping, but when he's in deep meditation, that's what he does. All right? So I say, Lord, forgive me because I'm, I judge Joshua wrong. And I don't go back to Joshua. I need to go to Joshua. And say, Joshua, you know that a couple of weeks ago I was having a conversation with Tamoy. And I said this about you. And it's wrong. And the Holy Spirit convicted me. I've asked God to forgive me. And I want to, I want you, I'm asking you to forgive me. But, but suppose them don't know. If the devil know, the person is going to find out. I'm telling you. Because the devil don't keep secrets. You have to make restitution. You remember when, what's his name? Jesus went to Zacchaeus' house and what he had to do? He said, every man, what he had done, he had stolen from, he will give to them four times. You have to make restitution. Then you have to accept, uh, in fact, Matthew 6, 5, sorry, 23 to 24 says, when you remember your brother has something against you, go at once to make peace with him, then come back and offer your gift to God. Right? Make it right. Then 
you accept God's forgiveness. First, John 1 verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So when we talk about forgiveness, you need to accept the fact that you don't have to live with your guilt forever. It can be forgiven and wiped clean. But when I seek pardon, forgiveness from God, I must also pardon other people. The scripture said, and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. Pardon from God should cause us to pardon other people. What is being asked for here is that I would be forgiven in the same way that I forgive others. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God should forgive you the same way you forgive others? Can we agree on that? Let me ask you, if God says today, I'm going to forgive you the same way that you forgive others, would you be happy? (laughs) if if you would not be happy you need to change or you forgive others amen come on just say with me pastor I'm going to work on it hallelujah this morning I ask how many of you believe that we should treat people the way God treats us put your hand up if you believe that we should treat people the way God treats us that's why we, we all believe that amen let me ask you this other question though. I want you to, by a show of hand, how many of you want God to start treating you the way you treat others? <laughs> like, I see hand going up and say, boy, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> like, the wiper blade kind of movement right here. The truth is that God, we should get up every day and say, Lord, God, today, God, treat me the way I treat other people that I pray. You know, if you do that, that what, what that will cause? You begin to treat people differently. Amen? We, we're going to pray that when we close. Just, just, we're we getting there. Hallelujah. So we should be praying, Father, forgive me in the same way that I forgive others. So we need to be very forgiving people. In fact, it is so important that right after the Lord's prayer, Jesus says, For if you forgive others for their transgression... Your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your transgression. You see, God is concerned about our relationships, not just our relationship with him, but how we relate to others. So let us show mercy. Let us show forgiveness. And let us show love. Finally, this morning, the final aspect of prayer is to ask God for his protection. I ask God that he would protect me. I ask him that he would protect me from the evil one. Verse 13 says, And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So we as believers face a spiritual battle every day. And Satan wants to defeat us through temptation and fear. That's what he wants to do. He wants to bring us into temptation and cause us to sin and he wants to flood our lives with an ungodly fear. If we start every day without praying God's protection, we walk into battle unprotected. Any day you leave your house, you wake up and you don't pray, God protect me. 
you're walking into battle unprotected. That is why in Ephesians 6, there is an armor. You can't go into life, into your daily life, without putting on the spiritual armor that God, through his Son, has provided. So ask God to make you aware of the evil in this world. If you are unaware of the evil in this world, you can get caught by it. You can get involved in it. And before you know what's going on, you can get trapped by it. And that's what has happened to many Christians in this time. This pandemic has released an evil. And many people were unaware of it because they weren't praying God's protection. Some have been caught by it. Some have become involved in it. And some have become trapped by it. But if you ask the Lord to make you aware of evil, you can then, with the help of the Lord, fight against evil. In fact, John, 1 John 4 verse 4 says, The spirit who is in you is more powerful than the spirit who is in those who belong to the world. The next translation says, Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You don't need to be afraid. You see, the spirit who is in us is more powerful than the spirit who is in the world. But understand that you're on a spiritual battlefield. So pray that you may be empowered to come out victorious. And pray that you will be a prior warrior. Listen, wait to stand with me quickly. I'm, I'm not here to teach you the art of prior. But I'm here so we will develop a heart of prior. And so all of us need to pray. And we're going to take these five things. Begin by praising him. Recognizing our position. Pray for his provision. Pray and ask for pardon. And pray and ask God for protection. We're going to be relaxed, revealing, and real as we pray. Can we do that this morning? Can we just take like five minutes and just, just for a minute, just begin by praising. And then for one minute, just begin to recognize our position. Then for one minute, we, 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 we ask for provision. For, for one minute, we just pray and, and ask for pardon. And for a minute, we just ask God for protection. Come on, just lift your hands this morning. Hallelujah. And let's begin this morning. Let's, let's have this afternoon, let's have this time of prayer right now, right now. We're going to start by praising God. We come into his presence with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Come on, just start by praising him for who he is. That's adoration. Begin to say, Lord, you are great, you are mighty, you are strong. Your father, your friend. Just, just begin to adore him this morning. Our Father, the scripture says, who art in heaven. So you get to this point in your prior life, prior life and your prior time, you say, God, you are great and mighty. You are sovereign. Lord, you are before all. You are above all. You are king of kings and you are lord of lords. Come on, you have to open your mouth. Don't just think about it. You can't think prior. You have to pray prior. Yes, just go ahead. Just hallelujah. Just praise him and give adoration to God with a joy on your face, with a smile on your face. 
this is not angry prior this is prior of adoration and praise and right now just 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 enter into a time of thanksgiving that's the next way that we praise him find 10 things in your life that you can thank him for so lord i thank you for life i thank you for forgiving me i thank you for loving me i thank you for your mercy i thank you that i can lift my hands i thank you that i can walk thank him for your family thank him for for your job and thank him for his protection thank him for health this morning thank him that you're alive just find 10 reasons and say lord i thank you god i thank you i thank you hallelujah 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 then then we're gonna move into recognizing our position just a lot today i come and i realize that you are god and i'm not just say it's not about my will it's your will be done. Say, there are many things I'd love. There are many things I'd like. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Just begin to pray and say, Lord, your will be done in my family. Your will be done in my life. Your will be done in my community. Your will be done in this country. Lord, your will be done and your kingdom come. Just present your body and say, God, here I am. I'm not looking to put you to work, God. Here I am, Lord God. Use me to a accomplish your will come on tell him that's a god i'm here use me lord to do your will use me lord to do your will use me lord to do your will hallelujah right now you begin to thank him for his provision and you you now begin to ask him you i don't know what need you have in your life maybe you're not feeling well so lord i ask you to heal me god i'm your child god i ask you to provide lord god i, I, I don't have anything to eat god provide for me god I ask you to, 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 to fix this relationship in my family. God, I have a difficult time at the workplace. God, I pray for your wisdom at the workplace. Come on, just begin to ask him some stuff right now. He said he will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory. He did not spare his own son. Will he not give you all things freely? Hallelujah. Don't be afraid to ask him. Just be real and ask God. Hallelujah. And then you come to that place of pardon. And he said, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. But before you get here, it's a Lord, reveal to me any sin that is in me. Things I may have said. Thoughts I may have entertained. Things I may have done. Reveal them, Lord. Where have I gone wrong? Where have I missed the mark? And maybe things are coming to you right now. And you need to say, Lord, you know what? I, I, I was keeping malice right there, Lord, forgive me. I lied right there, Lord, forgive me. God, I slandered someone, forgive me. God, you know what? I didn't deal with that person right, Lord, forgive me. God, I, my thoughts went astray, Lord, forgive me. And then you say, Lord, for every other sin, Forgive me, Lord. Come on, with your hands lifted. We're going to ask for protection right now. Say, Lord, I, I need your protection. God, I'm in spiritual battle. I need your protection. So say, just say, Lord, I put on the whole armor of God. 
I declare that the blood of Jesus protects me from the crown of my head to the sole of my feet and because I'm protected by you no weapon that is formed against me shall prosper because I'm protected by you greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world because I'm protected by you I will go through the valley of the shadow of death and I need not fear no evil for you are with me because I'm protected by you Lord God you will keep me and the hour nor the pestilence shall not bring harm to me hallelujah because I'm protected by you the lion will not eat me the fire will not burn me because I'm protected by you I'm protected by you I will stand against the wiles of the devil because I have on the armor of God as my protection thank you Lord for your protection hallelujah That's a prayer time. And you can do this every day. With your hands lifted, I want to pray for you this morning. And Heavenly Father, I pray for every person. I pray that there will be a rebirth of passion for prayer in the heart of every person in this building and watching online. God, I pray that when they wake up in their morning, God, before they walk on their feet, they will fall on their knees in prayer to you, God. I pray that even the side of their bed will be their, their area of prayer. That they will pray without ceasing in the name of Jesus. So, Spirit of the living God, I mean, from the young to the old, God, drench them with the power of your Holy Spirit that would ignite such a prior flame that will set the church ablaze and set Jamaica ablaze in the name of Jesus. God, when they get weary in their times of prayer, as Moses had Aaron and her to lift up his hand, I pray that there will be others, God, who will lift their hands up. Hallelujah. Come on, just 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 with your hands lifted so by faith I receive new strength. In Jesus' name. New strength for prior. In Jesus' name. Listen, if you dedicate yourself to the discipline of daily prior, I, I declare to you that this will be the most fruitful season of your life. That the gifts of God will be activated in your life. Prophetic utterances and word of wisdom and word of knowledge and great faith and discerning of spirit and tongues and interpretation of tongues. I pray that the fruit of the spirit will come to the fore and people will by your good works see God lifted up in your life and draw near to God believe if you pray with fervency in this season that the issues in your family will be sorted out by God that the issues with the company will be sorted out the
conflict in the mind about what to do and when is the best time and what is the right decision that God will will paint a picture before you and he will direct you so you will know that he goes before you you'll begin to walk by faith and not by sight you will step out and listen you will begin to step into some things and though you don't know where you're going you know that God goes with you like the song says even though you don't see it you will know that he's working and he never stops you'll begin to experience the way maker the miracle worker so I challenge you right now in the name of Jesus to a change in your prior time and your prior life for God will give you a new experience with the way maker the miracle worker for that is who he is hallelujah we bless you we thank you Lord and we honor you Jesus name Amen and Amen